so for the next couple of weeks, we're not we're not doing a particular series. Um, next week, Easter Sunday, we're going to focus on uh, on the cross and the resurrection, and t- just take some time to to ponder around that. Um, so it's always difficult in these weeks in between as to what to look at. But there's something I wanted to talk about that that is not it's not a normal thing to talk about. Um, but I feel like when I look at what we've been looking at as a as a group of people, look at this whole idea on the challenge of how do we love without agenda? Uh, how do we how do we become people who are loved to people? We develop truly authentic relationships that aren't driven by agenda, but with love as the core motivator behind everything that we're doing. I think what's really hit me with all of that stuff is that it really is a challenge to do that that there's times where we can see relationships and opportunities where it's easy to go, I'll just simply remove agenda from that and this should be a bit easier. Um, Whereas there's other relationships where we probably look at them and go, my entire way of operating has an agenda behind it. (laughs) And it's kind of really difficult to work out, well, how do I be who God's calling me to be to the people that I'm um, meeting with or encountering on a, on a regular basis. How do I alter that so that I can genuinely be someone who loves with that agenda and become love to those people? And as I've thought about it, there's, there's three words that have hit me. And if I can be really honest with you, they're, they're words that have been uh, like present in my thinking for probably three or four years because I hear them mentioned all the time. Well, two, two of them mentioned uh, all the time. Um, and the words are these, tribe, family and solidarity. And um, today's talk is going to be a bit different. It's not going to be a, a kind of um, a big explanation of a Bible passage. Uh, we're not even going to necessarily read a Bible verse today. But I feel like... Um, Sometimes we hear terms in society that we connect with and we, we grab hold of that I think, for me, and I need to apologise, if I just ramble on this morning, do just forgive me and please come back next week. Um, but, um, but I feel like God has placed something in me to talk about to do with um, this word tribe, the word family, and then bring it all together under this umbrella of solidarity. Um, so I'm going to really, really quickly say a dead quick prayer just so that it's not just me just rambling on and ranting about something. Okay, Father God, uh, speak to us this morning through what we've, um, what we've got to talk about. I pray that for each of us you would reveal something from what we talk about today that can be uh, a challenge or a sharpening or a focus for us in our lives moving forward. Amen. So, the three words are tribe, family and solidarity. Um, we're going to talk about each one and then I'll try and put it all together. So firstly, this word tribe, I don't know whether it's a word that features in your vocabulary and your world at all. But I feel like the word tribe has become quite a buzzword within our society. It's not necessarily something that, that is just within the Christian world, although I hear it a lot within the Christian world. Um, it, it seems to be present in so many different ways. And I think one of the realities is with this word tribe is that there's something raw and attractive about it, about the context of 
people being a tribe or there being a tribal identity or essence behind something. Now, when we think about this whole idea of tribe, the common understanding, if we look at traditional understanding of tribe, is it's often based around location or it's based around birth or nurture uh, or, or just this sense of unity. It's, it's a sense of values, shared values or a structure that you identify with or a tradition or ways of functioning that really work for you within your context. Um, I think if you look at the Bible, there's there's all sorts of um, mentions of of tribe as a as a thing. Um, and when you think about the tribes of Israel, they were they were about the bloodline of uh, the sons um, of Jacob. So there's 12 tribes of Israel, all, all named after each of his sons. And what you find in those stories is that the identity of each tribe was very much attached to the person who was uh, the centre of that tribe. So the son um, that was the, the main bloodline of that tribe, you'd find that characteristics or, or particular gifts or skills um, that were associated with that person were passed down through that tribe. So that tribe, that tribe would have its own identity that was centred around the person that it was named after. But interestingly as well, the tribe would also um, take on the consequences sometimes of the the uh, actions of the person that the tribe was named after. Sometimes you read accounts to do with the tribes of Israel and you see that some of them are almost uh, blessed because of um, some of the decisions and the actions of the person who the tribe is named after. And some of them are almost cursed because of decisions that were made by the person who led that tribe. And that, that kind of consequence goes down the bloodline. So when we think about this whole idea of tribe, we can see that, that, that it becomes very much in Bible times about location. So where I live, where I exist, where I am nurtured, where I'm born, uh, where I reside, uh, all of this stuff uh, builds the identity of a tribe and is important. Um, and there's some amazing things about tribes. When you look at it, so it's not just Bible times. Um, we can see, obviously, there's, there's tribal elements now. But actually, in history or in times when we look at tribes, we often think about stuff like native Indian tribes, um, African tribes, all these kind of things. I came across an amazing example uh, of something to do with values and structure that happens within tribes. So every tribe will have their different rules and regulations, their different initiations, their different ways of functioning. And I came across this story a few years ago about um, how a particular tribe would deal with people who'd made a mistake. Now, often we can think about that kind of stuff and think that, that maybe it's quite brutal, maybe it's quite, um, quite harsh sometimes the way people deal with people in order to teach them a lesson and in order to correct behaviour. We will do certain things in order to demand a response and a reaction. But this tribe did something a bit different. This is what it says. In this African tribe, when someone does something wrong, they take the person to the centre of the village where the tribe surrounds him. And for two days, they say all the good that he has done. The tribe believes each person is good, but sometimes people make mistakes, which are really a cry for help. They unite to reconnect him with his good nature. So imagine that scenario. You make a mistake and what the tribe does is they surround you for two days 
and remind you of everything about you that is good and is great. And that's their way of recorrecting a mistake or a wrong that you've done. Do you know what? When I heard that, I just thought, what a beautiful way of, of working with people who've made a mistake, who've done something wrong. Because so often what we do is, in, in kind of maybe more contemporary tribes, we will take the person who's done something wrong, we'll alienate them, we'll put them on a pedestal to say, this is what they've done, look everyone, don't do that. They're an example of what we shouldn't be, so let's make an example of them. And then if people can see that they're punished, then no one else will want to do that because they'll see the consequences of that. Whereas this tribe, flip it on its head, they say, no, we're not going to function like that. We're going to look for the good in everyone and we're going to try to remind people of who they are uh, in order to get the, the mistake out of them. What an amazing lesson to learn. Now, I don't know if there's any godly roots within that tribe. They could be worshipping a whole different kind of faith or God. But do you know what? I see God in that solution. Uh, and something inside of me leaps when I see that a tribe has that as a value. Um, so there's some amazing things that can happen from tribes that we can decide ways of operating in a tribe that set a standard that can shape uh, our way forward and our, our way of moving forward. And in that traditional sense, how do you become part of a tribe? Now, this is the tricky thing. When you think about traditional tribes, so Native American Indian tribes or, or African tribes, it's quite difficult to become part of the tribe. The most common way is that you're either born into the tribe or that you marry into the tribe. Uh, if you want to join a traditional tribe, it's often quite a complicated process. I've found a couple of examples um, of how it can work. Um, this is one. If you want to join a Native American tribe, um, so like a, uh, an Indian tribe, um, Native nations are not, this is what it says, Native nations are not like a golf club. Many outsiders have lived in Native communities for years um, though they are welcomed because they haven't imposed their way on the Indians, but they are considered honorary members, treated nice, invited to their ceremonies, and such even allowed to godparent their children, but are not members of the tribe. So there's this kind of honorary membership, this um, acceptance of you as a person, but you're still not part of the tribe. But the key thing there is um, the reason they can live in that community is because they haven't imposed their way on the Indians. So that's one example. Another example, and this question, uh, this, this answer comes about from this question. Could an African-American join an African tribe? So if they wanted to. So if, there's some, if, if they feel there's some kind of connection, uh, is there any way they can join? And this is, uh, this is what the person says. Yes, there's a couple of ways. Number one, you, be, you can become an honorary member. Um, so the way you do this is you do something significant or important for the tribe, preferably something the local leaders will recognise. For example, don't bring a bag full of toys, rather build a well or rehabilitate an abandoned house for someone who needs it. So you've got to do something pretty significant to be accepted into the tribe. Number two, you can go through initiation rites. 
For most African tribe, the biggest, most important rite of passage in the life of a young man or woman joining the tribe, uh, that, is, uh, that is becoming an adult recognised as a contributing member of the tribe, uh, and it's their initiation ceremony. So with the permission of the elders, um, seek to join the initiating group that year. Go through all of the traditional rituals and you will get your tribe name as well as be allowed to live, marry, socialise and integrate into the tribe as one of them. This will obviously require you to learn the language before you can even put forth this request to the elders. So it's possible, but there's quite a lot to go through. For a start, you've got to learn the language to be able to even request it. So it's not as simple just accepting it. Number three, marriage. In any patriarchal African tribe, as a woman, you can marry into the tribe. That automatically makes the tribe consider you one of their daughters. And then fourthly and finally, the other way you can join a tribe is to conquer. So you wage war on the tribe, you raid the tribe, preferably at night, kill their chief and all his male offspring, declare all of his property, possessions, wealth, wives, etc. to be yours now, give everyone the opportunity to accept your declaration, kill any dissenters, uh, instate yourself as a new chief, and then sleep with one eye open. That's the, that's the other way of joining, um, uh, joining a tribe like that. So we can see it's, it's, not, a, it's not an impossible thing but it's a complicated thing to be able to join it. And I suppose, in essence, what it shows us is that the nature of these tribes is that you are born into that identity, in essence. That's how you um, generally become part of that tribe. You take on that identity because this is just who you are. So when we, discover that, when we um, consider the different elements, you can see the connection with the concept of tribe and its sense of belonging um, and that unity of identity, that's the thing that joins people together. So there's an attraction around this word. So you can see when we look at that traditional model of tribe, it becomes something that, that can, I can see why it can cause something to leap inside of people because they go, wow, it's belonging, it's identity, it's unity, it's togetherness on a different scale to what we're talking about. So let's park tribe for a minute and let's talk about family. Uh, so family sometimes, I don't need to tell you what family is. We know what family is. Maybe you've had a good experience of family. Maybe you've had an awful experience. But either way, we can get a sense in our heads of what family should look like. Um, and sometimes family can feel like a mini tribe, can't it? And often when I hear the word tribe mentioned in a casual way, it will be almost people describing my tribe, my family. Um, and I get it. I get that because it's your unit. You grow together. You stand together. You operate on a set of values. And as a group, as a tribe, a mini tribe, you move forward together. And I suppose it just describes who you are as a group of people. Now, usually, as we just looked at um, how do you join a tribe, there's no normal requirement for people to join your family unit, just in general. Um, but people can. And there's usually three ways that people will join a family. Um, you're born into it, number one. Number two, you marry into it. That's similar to actual tribe. Or number three, you're adopted into a family. I don't know if you've ever, uh, whether you know many people who are adopted, but 
adoption is is a, a a legally binding thing that that actually changes someone's um changes someone's family they they become part of a family so there's no honorary memberships with family there's no initiations there's no language to be learned adoption kind of means that you're grafted into that family you're fully part of that family unit and and in a way we can we can see that there's lots of similarities between what we consider when we think about tribe with family but I suppose family is probably the more common thing that we identify with because it's what we uh, it's what we see. And at the start of the year, when we uh, we sent out these letters, didn't we, a few weeks ago? And for those of you around, you you got the letter that came through. And as part of that, we asked ourselves the question of what, uh, who do we want to be in this year ahead? Who do we want to be known as? What do we want to tweak and change in our lives to be the person that we feel called to be? This year, but we also asked a question about us as a group of people. We said, in 2019, who do we want to be known as as a group of people? Um, and I suppose when we think about that, and we think about these words tribe, and we think about the word family, and those kind of things, the, the question comes to me is, how would we then describe ourselves as a Christian community? Because in some ways, the word tribe feels right, doesn't it? It's about identity, unity, values. And, and sometimes, in a way, it suggests that sense of battling or warrioring together. So, I mean, that traditional sense of tribe, the tribes, um, we, we just looked at how do you join a, um, uh, an African tribe? Well, you could um, wage war on it. You could try and defeat that tribe. So sometimes this element of we, we stand together, we battle together, we warrior together feels like sometimes this sense of this something rises up inside of us and and I, I see it sometimes in christian communities that that we almost act like we're moving forward together for a battle because we we're common we've got a common goal we've got a common focus we've got the same thing that drives each of us uh, and that unity gives us that sense of of togetherness and it, it can feel tribal like that but but my problem, I suppose the reason I wanted to talk about this word is that I struggle with it. As much as I identify with it, I get it. I struggle with it. Um, there's something that feels uncomfortable about that term for me. And I suppose the issue, when we think about who do we want to be known as as a group of people, the issue for me comes when we talk about access to the tribe. We talk about accessing it and being a part of the tribe. In the traditional sense, it talked about initiation or earning the right or doing something exceptional to be accepted. And when we read more about this term tribalism, what so in our society now, tribalism is a thing. This is what it says. Uh, tribalism is a state of being organised by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. Human evolution has primarily occurred in small groups as opposed to mass societies and humans naturally maintain a social network. In popular culture, tribalism may also refer to a way of thinking or behaving in which people are loyal to their social group above all else. Or in derogatory terms, a type of discrimination or animosity based upon group differences. 
It goes on to say, tribalism implies the possession of a strong cultural or ethnic identity that separates one member of a group from the members of another group. And I think this is where I begin to struggle with the term. That so much, I don't know, sometimes I feel like in society today we clamour for new ways of saying things. And this word tribe has become a common word over the last few years because it just seems to make sense. I've, I've seen, seen it used in terms of music festivals that the tribe gather together. I've seen it used um, within family contexts. I've seen it used within youth work contexts when they want uh, youth to feel that they're a part of something exciting. I've seen it used within church contexts, people describing that they're gathering with their tribe. But the problem is when we look at a tribe as a, as a whole thing, there's something about it that makes so much sense. But at the same time, I feel like it becomes something that almost battles with the core of maybe who God is calling us to be. And, and I suppose this is where it hinges. We can easily see the positives of tribalism and, con- and concentrate on what unites those in the tribe. But this becomes a huge challenge when we consider the people that aren't in the tribe. And this is where I hit my brick wall. Because I love the idea that something unites us, that something joins us together. And that's clear. We join together as a group of people because we want to pursue God. We want to follow Jesus. We want to be more like him. We want him to shape our lives. But when our dedication to that becomes something that identifies us so strongly and unites us so strongly as a tribe, the danger is that that becomes a barrier for people who aren't in the tribe. And that's where the word becomes difficult for me. And maybe because of what we talked about, the temptation is to create a tribe. It feels good. We gather together and we can get a bit tribal about it. We can worry or we can battle for things. But that sense of togetherness feels great. But my question will always be, how does it look to the people outside of the tribe? What does it look like to them? Could it potentially make us appear more exclusive or that in order to be in our tribe, you need to fit in? Or you need to be initiated or you just need to be in inverted commas in uh, to be in the tribe. We know that in essence with church context, that isn't true. We know that that's not what anyone's trying to do. And we all want people to feel like they can come along and experience welcome and be accepted. But we have to look at it from the perspective of those outside of the church. We're talking about how do we become accessible all the time, aren't we? We're talking about how do we connect with other people. And I suppose we've just got to be really quick to identify the things that actually place barriers in the way of someone feeling like they're able um, just to turn up. Um, And I suppose the other issue um, that we talked about recently in the last series, uh, and we discussed it, is how do we relate to people who've decided to walk away from church? So are they leaving the tribe or do we want them to feel like they're leaving the tribe because the thing that united us, they don't agree with anymore or they're not sure they want to follow it in the way that we did. Or maybe they've gone somewhere else. So 
are they still in, is there like a big tribe that everyone's a part of or is there lots of little tribes because we all think differently, we maybe focus on different things. It becomes really complicated when that tribal element um, is, is a part of it. And I suppose in traditional tribal structures, people didn't leave the tribe. That was the thing. People didn't leave it. Um, you were there for life. The concept of leaving the tribe wasn't even realised in some settings because that was your world. The tribe was your world. That's where you existed. And the idea that you go and follow your dreams somewhere else, that wasn't your function. You were just in the tribe. Um, and that's where this stuff becomes difficult. So if we're not careful, if we aim to create a tribe, we can find that we work against some of the key things that should be defining us. And it's our desire to create a space that welcomes and accepts people just as they are. So as much as the buzzword of tribe is exciting and, and makes so much sense and feels like it resonates with so many things, the danger with it is are we creating a blockage and a barrier that makes people who aren't in feel like they're not sure they could be in? And I suppose when we spent nine weeks looking at loving without agenda, <coughs> the tribal identity can sometimes be the thing that stops people feeling like they're a part of it. And I suppose that question remains, how can we create a space that makes access as easy as possible? And for me, our greatest opportunity, as we talk about all the time, is through relationship. It's about relationship. Um, and the most powerful elephant, element of our relationships, I would say, is that final word that we picked out at the start, which is solidarity. And for me, solidarity is a deep sense of what unites us. It's common experiences and, and a sense of an understanding. Um, and, and those are elements that are found in this word tribe. Um, but maybe they're words that, they're, they're words that exist in, in tribe, but without the element of requirements that need to be met without some of the hurdles that need to be got over solidarity goes deep there are lots of things in our lives aren't there that are common connections between people uh, i reread a book while i was away on holiday called drops like stars which is one of the best books um i've read uh, i went to see um it's written by rob bell i went to see a um, a tour of it he did a book tour when he first released it and it was one of the most powerful evenings I've had in my life where he for two hours just did a basically did a monologue for two hours no notes and just basically spoke the book um, and I, I encountered God in a way then that I, I hadn't done before um, and something of God was really revealed to me um, and one of the things he talks about in this book Drops Like Stars is this word solidarity and he did this moment he did this live as we we sat in this this tour um but i want to kind of talk to you about this concept that he talks about and and he, he describes this scene where if you imagine you were sat down um or people were sat down to enjoy something like a, a film uh, a big group of people maybe they're in a cinema or maybe they were gonna uh, they were at a gig and about to see a band perform or or um they were at some form of event um that they were about to start and as as that group were gathered someone just quickly intervened before the event started uh, and asked people to uh, stand up if they connected with certain things 
Uh, and the reality is, if you stood up <clears throat> in that group and said to people, stand up if you... And he didn't use these examples. I'm just making it real for us, making it British. Um, stand up if you like Rice Krispies. And then the people who like Rice Krispies stood up in the room. You'd look around and everyone would catch your eye and chuckle. <laughs> yeah, we like snap, crackle, pop. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then what about stand up if you own a seven-seater? And then some people kind of begrudgingly stood up and laughed and looked at each other. And, oh, yeah, yeah, we both own seven-seaters. Um, or stand up if you went on holiday last year. There'd be a big group of people stood up and everyone would be chuckling at people. Oh, we didn't get to go on holiday last year. There'd be this sense of kind of connection, common connection, because there's a few different things. What about if you like pets? All these people stood up, people who don't like pets stuck down. There'd be a bit of hilarity in the room. You'd get this common connection connection with people wouldn't you but solidarity is something a bit different because you, you wouldn't look around that room and go wow I, there's a deep connection between me and Graham because we both like pets and um, you know, Graham don't like pets um, <laughs> he hates pets and um, and um, but if we both went on holiday last year that we're not going to go wow man I really know how you feel because I went on holiday last year as well I mean, it's, it's, these are just common connections. But if you change the questions, solidarity kicks in in a group of people. So same scenario, people sat there waiting for a film to start or a concert to start or an event to begin. You ask these kind of questions. Stand up if you've experienced cancer. Stand up if you've been crippled by debt. If you've lived with depression if you've lost a loved one, if you've had to go through a divorce, if you imagine at each question people stand up and you look around the room at that moment, man, that is a different scenario. Because as your eyes meet, looking around the room is entirely different. Your eyes meet, there's this strong sense of solidarity. There's a depth in those moments as you realise that someone else has walked the path that you've walked. Someone else might just know what you've been through. And in that moment, suddenly, you're no longer isolated. You're no longer alone. You're no longer um, distant. Because as you look across the room, it might just be one other person standing but as you catch their eye, there's a deep connection there that goes, the thing that nearly broke you, I've been there too. So it's not that just your um, unfortunate, other people have been through this stuff as well. And, and to me, when we're talking about relationships and connection with people, the power that is in solidarity is, is like no other in a relationship. That there's something, there's a door, an opportunity and a, and a connection that opens up when, we, when our, our lives collide in this commonality of shared experience through um, sufferings or struggles or weakness. It can be one of the most powerful things to unite us with other people. And as we catch someone else's eye, we realise that they know how we feel. And solidarity means that we are no longer on our own. So as we sit with these three words, tribe, family and solidarity, 
I haven't got a wonderfully crafted end to this talk, and it is a bit of a ramble, and I do apologise. <laughs> but I suppose for me, my, my passion is that sometimes we can get carried away with buzz phrases that, that just seem to work and seem to make sense. But when we, when we decide to adopt a focus or a, a pursuit of a particular kind of thing, whether that's tribe or family, we need to be fully aware of what that might look like for other people. And I'm desperate for us to take the best of what a tribe looks like. But, but my dream is that as a group of people, what we can be is people who understand the importance and the power of solidarity, that we create spaces where people can feel welcome, safe and accepted. There's a huge gulf of difference between welcome and acceptance. And that's something I think we can work on in the future, that, that welcome is one thing. And I think churches have become brilliant at welcoming people in some ways. But there is a gulf between welcome and acceptance, that you can be welcomed and never be accepted. And actually, when we, when we grow and ga- when we gather together and as we grow as a group of people, I'm desperate that we, be, we create spaces where people are welcomed, they feel safe and are truly accepted for who they are, warts and all, um, and that we aim to build a community uh, and work towards a sense where people truly feel adopted into a family, that it's not a them and us thing, you're not in or out, that actually the community that we create um, isn't tribal in its way of saying, are you in the tribe or are you not? Actually, people just feel a part of the community and as they become closer to God and get to know Jesus that they realise they are truly adopted into a family Um, I suppose that's the identity that we aim for as a group of people so let's pray Um, yeah Father God thank you um, that you call us to make a difference to the lives of other people. And God, as, as a group of people who gather together, we have an amazing opportunity to represent you in the lives of everyone that we meet. And I just pray that as we do that, you would shape us and you would, um, you would help us to be people who introduce you to people, that they don't feel like we're part of a cool tribe, that exists somewhere that they can't access, that God, they see that we are a completely open community that is loving, is kind, is welcoming, is accessible and available for them to be a part of in whatever way, shape or form they can access it. So God, I pray that you would um, help us to develop uh, ways of doing our lives that really live that out and that God, we can see over time people become truly adopted into your family and and fully connected in a relationship with you and 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 reaping all the benefits that that can mean for them as an individual so god just um shape us and inspire us to do that amen